Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Hodot Halevavot, Duties of the Heart, by Rabbi Baia Ibn Pakuda, and we're in chapter 3, in the gate of serving God. Last week, something very interesting uh, happened in this book, in which Rabbi Pakuda uh, started a discussion between the soul and the mind. And the mind asks questions to the soul, and the soul answers the mind. So this is more like a question and answer from the intellectual point of view of a person and his emotional point of view. And, uh, and it's very interesting. So last week, the soul came to the realization after certain questions that the mind asked him that so long as I prompted by the history of former ages gone by, my desire was never other than weak and my longing was deception until the truth of what you have spoken became clear to me intellectually. At first it became clear to me by way of the Torah inspiration and afterwards by way of rational demonstration. It was then that my longing became genuine and my desire pure. So last week what happened was that the, soul, the mind was making the soul question him, himself uh, in his service of God. Uh, how is he in the service of God? And at the end, he came to the realization that his service was not the best service, that he still had a lot of bodily desires and mundane necessities and, and physical needs that uh, were out of proportion that didn't let him serve in the right way. Today, the mind will start asking again questions uh, and it's, it asks ask the soul if what you have said is true then bear with the pain of the treatment and endure the bitterness of the medicine and its unpleasantness after first giving up the bad food to which you have grown accustomed. So what the, what the mind is telling the, the soul is that if you really have come to the realization that you're not serving God in the best way, if you're not uh, doing what you came to do to the, in this world, then you have to go through the pain of a treatment. And the pain of a treatment really is teshuvah. That's what he's talking about. It's like when a soul goes back to his essence and recognizes that he is a, is a, a neshama elokit, it's a piece of Hashem in this world, and that he really has to concentrate on his godly part and not so much in his animal, uh, animalistic part. So the soul here answers, what is that, the bad food which I have grown accustomed? What is the things that I'm not doing right? What's going on here? What's, what are you talking about? So the mind says, it is the contemptible quality which has overpowered you from the start and the forces that have strengthened it from the earliest years of your growth. And so it's telling him, it's the way you live, it's the way you, 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 you go through life. That's not right. The way you live, the way you think, the way you dress, the way you eat, everything you do is not in accordance with the Torah values. So the soul answers, which quality is this and what are the forces that strengthen it? The mind answers, you have many contemptible qualities, eh, but the root and foundation are two. One of them is love of bodily pleasures. This is one of the things that drives 
a person to really go down is bodily pleasures, eating in excess, drinking in excess, uh, having uh, relationships that are not illicit relationships, and uh, the other bodily needs. And you have acquired this quality from your bad neighbor, neighbor, namely your body. Like the body is the neighbor of the soul and the body is the one that entices the soul to end up doing what he shouldn't be doing. So the second quality is the love of power and status, arrogance and haughtiness and jealousy. And this is what leads you to fall short. Improper, improperly repaying your benefactor, you acquire this quality from your neighbors among whom you have grown up, namely your brothers and relatives. So one thing is that we fall short in our physical needs, that the body is always tempting us to go in a certain direction. Like, you know, today fashion, fashion bloggers, yeah, it's beautiful, but really if a person is all day looking at the Instagram accounts of all these fashion bloggers, the only thing this person's gonna want is to dress all every day uh, with a new thing whatever he has in the wardrobe is not neat it's not uh, good anymore because there's always something more so the, the the soul will start yearning for all these material pleasures and at the end of the day it's gonna be so so attached to the material world that it forgets that it's a soul and then the other one that which it says the neighbors are the brothers and relatives which uh, make us become haughty and proud and jealous this is the people around us we have to be very careful who we surround ourselves with to always be connected with people that are not talking about other people that are doing good things for others that are not worried with what other people have to say about them they're not checking out what's what other people have and they don't have we have to be very careful who we surround ourselves with because really uh, the people you're around have a very big influence in you I remember many years ago when I was a younger person and uh, I if we went to a restaurant and a person in the table there was a person that went out with us and this person was never happy with the service always complained there was always something wrong and this person started attacking the the the, the the server the metro d and then complaining and everybody in the table became the same way so you have to be very careful who you hang around because there's certain patterns of behavior that can become uh, that can become catchy they're like a disease, they can become catchy. So you have to be very careful. Then the soul says, and what are the forces that I need to keep far from me? And the mind says the forces of the first quality, which are the excess in food, in clothes, in, in fashion, in all, all these, it, and the like, the forces of the second quality are excessive talking and too much socializing and with other people trying to please them loving praise and honor from them, jealousy of their worldly possession, pressuring them in regard to their property, ridiculing them, harping on their faults, and so forth. So what it's saying here is that you have to be careful not to fall into that category, that you have to always be in a restaurant, having the best meal, having the best drink, having the best... You know, it's nice to have good things. I'm not saying it's wrong, but with measure. We cannot be excessive. The Torah is always a middle path. We should never go with excess. Buy what you need. 
You know, there's people say, you know what, I, I, I want this, I, 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 I really want this. We should not think like that. We should think, do I need it? Is it something that I really need? And if you need it, you go and you buy it with your whatever you can afford, but not with excess, always trying to be normal and, and, and cautious. It, because excess brings more excess and more excess and more excess and then at the end of the day people are miserable because they don't have what they want because there's always something more and um, and it's it's dangerous and then it says uh, the other part which is the social part be, be a person that is uh, cautious with the don't be always uh, socializing do things for yourself go read a book learn Torah go and paint go and write a book go and take a course do things that are not necessarily all day socializing because when you you're socializing so much then you can fall into this category of, of talking about other people you have to know everything about everybody and people began comparing each other and then people start getting jealous about each other and you have to be very careful with that so then the soul says it will be difficult for me to renounce these vices since I have grown used to them for so long like really we grow up living in a certain way. We don't even realize it's not right. Especially the Lashonara. People are used to talking about other people. They don't even realize it's not something that we should be careful about. So the, the soul is very concerned here. It says, how am I going to do this? So the mind says, surely you know that a sensible individual finds it easier to agree to the amputation of a part of his body and the loss of one of his limbs if it is attacked by some disease which he fears will spread and affect his other limbs. So it's like if a person knows he's sick and that a certain limb is so infected, so infected that can cause him to die, God forbid, this person, if he, if he really values life, he's going to be willing to amputate that limb in order to continue living. And yes, it's going to be painful. And yes, he's going to have to learn to live without it. But he values life more than his limb. So what it's telling us here when he understands the difference between the two alternatives, the conditions and realizes the inequality of the two evils, so it is with you. If you want to make it easier for yourself to renounce that which is hard to relinquish, then take to heart and wait in your mind the good you will attain from the renunciation as opposed to the evil which will befall you if you continue with it. So what it's saying is, is a person that has a seichel, that has intellect, intelligence, when he measures in a balance what he has to gain from what he has to lose and he realizes, you know what, I have to gain much more if I, I go this way, then he's going to relinquish his old vices because he knows he's going to have a much better life. You know, I'm, I'm amazed to see people that sometimes I see people that they live in such a wrong way and it breaks my heart to see them living in this way. They do things that are so wrong and they think they're right. That's the worst part of it. They don't see it wrong. They see it as something normal and natural of life and this is the way to go. And people get so accustomed to living in such a wrong way that they don't even suffer about it anymore. Like their suffering is like part of their life. It's like the normal thing to be. I, in my, inside, I'm, I'm, I'm hyperventilating when I'm looking at this and I come and I cry for them because I know the difference between their life and my life. I know what I have. I know the valuable life I have. I know what it is to live in peace 
and with joy and with tranquility and with peace of mind and I know what it is to live with a purpose and fulfillment and I see these people and they're just going with the flow, what everybody's doing, the media tells them this is the right way to live, but you see their lives are a mess are a mess and their children are a mess and the whole thing is a mess but they don't see it because they're so accustomed to it that this is the normal for them so this is what the mind is telling the, the soul you have to to renounce you have to weigh what you're gonna gain from what you're gonna lose what you're not gonna lose anything what you're gonna do is you're gonna gain a lot and the soul says what is the good that I will attain from renouncing it and the evil that will befall me if I continue to do it and the mind says to the soul the good will be your tranquility and relief from the gloomy darkness of this world the pleasures of which are mingled with sadness its loss brought to an end this will bring you the, to recognize with the full force of your recognition the place of your repose, the life hereafter to work for it and to, to be concerned about it. This is one class among the many classes of virtues on which your salvation and your life depend. And the evil is recurring to worry, compound sorrow, constant grieving and, and, and non-fulfillment of your worldly desires. These are people who are always sad and, and anxious and stressed and and they, they, they have so many maladies, their stomach is not working, they, they have back aches, they have these aches, they have all these things going on because the body, the, the, the person is not living up to his potential, he's not living up to who, what he is. It's like if you have a Ferrari and you're putting a cheap gas in the Ferrari, the car is not going to fulfill its purpose how it's meant to be. But if you put the right gas on this car, it's going to be a superpower of a car. So, so it says here that even if you were to attend them, would only bring you what is futile, fleeting, and transitory, for it will undoubtedly pass on, on to someone else. Nothing will remain with you of this world. What it's saying is that eventually we all go away, we all die, we all pass on, and all these pleasures, all these things that you're attached to, are not gonna go with you they're gonna stay here and when you get there what do you take with you nothing nothing you come like a like a poor person so the soul says I have understood what you have said and I hope that as a result it will now be easier for me to be re to renounce what has previously been difficult for me to part with continue now to lead me to the second part of the curative methods which will teach me what I want to learn of the service of God so I leave you here this is a lot of um, food material for the for the mind and for the soul I hope you meditate on it and in this way you will live a little higher thank you